Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we are breaking down Mel Kuyper's latest 2023 mock draft. Mel, of course, godfather of the NFL draft, man. He is so plugged in. He has done this for so long. You always got to pay attention when Mel puts out his mock draft. So we're going to be going through, just like we did with Jeremiah's mock, the most surprising picks from Kuyper's new mock draft. I'm Trevor Sycamore. With me, as always, is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers joining you for the final time this week, but oh, we got a doozy for you. We got a special one, and that is because the NFL Draft Godfather himself, Mel Kuyper Jr., blessed us with his latest post-free agency mock draft version 3.0, which you guys can read over at ESPN.com. And just like we did with Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft in yesterday, yesterday's episode. We're going to give you our most surprising selections. Kuiper, just like DJ, one of the most plugged in guys in the industry. He's been doing this for so long. He's got so many sources. He's got so many people he talks to. And of course, Mel's an NFL draft junkie. So he watches these guys as well. So I'm excited to dig into this one. Connor, how you feeling today, my man? I'm good. We had so much fun with the DJ one. And it's great to see, you know, side by side, another titan of the industry how things compare, but more importantly, how they differ. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of battle of the buzz. So I'm really going to enjoy this one because we'll pull out once again, surprise picks, different scenarios, and then also trends. You start to catch up on trends in the mock draft world. And, and we're definitely seeing a pattern with a couple players that are, you know, weren't once thought of as top 15 locks finding themselves as exactly that. Yeah, so you can find this mock draft over at ESPN.com, and we're not stealing the content behind the paywall, okay? We're not going to give you every single selection, and we don't want to do that. Not only does Mel do such a great job, put so many hours into things like this, things like his big board rankings, so does Todd McShay, so does very good friend of the show, Jordan Reed. So if you guys don't have an ESPN Plus subscription go get one to, if nothing else, support those guys. So you can not only see where he has all of these players going, because we're not going to read off all of the picks. So if you want all the picks, you got to go over there, but also the explanations, because there's a lot of great explanations in here. Like I said, Mel puts a lot of great background into this, as does McShay, as does Jordan. So if you guys don't have an ESPN subscription, we're not giving you the whole thing here. We're only giving you a little bit of teaser, because hopefully you go and support those guys there. But uh, Connor, I'm yeah, a little man. Bit- ESPN needs their coin. Okay, it's a respect thing, all right? It's a respect thing. I know ESPN uh, probably didn't need too much, but all right, where, 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 where are we going here? He's got Stroud at number one, so he's got the Vegas favorite going number yeah, one overall, really so fun. we're not really going to talk about that, but where do you want to start? Where does your eye go first when you looked at his total mock draft? Will Levis, you are an Indianapolis <laughs> Colt once again. We're back, baby. Three. We are we're back. Fuck. <laughs> Mel, like we never part left. of the movement. Part of the uh, movement. You can officially host the pod, Mel. Uh, well, Levis goes number three in a trade. They swap picks. I think this makes... We know Ballard's going to be stingy, but we also know that somebody wants to get into three to take a quarterback, and Arizona would answer the phone. And if you're Indy, you protect yourself here. They take Will Levis over Anthony Richardson, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. I think that's a little spicy. But at the end of the day, man, it's it goes back to square one when we thought this was the match. And Der- Daniel Jeremiah's mock, Levis fell to 19 to the Bucks with the caveat that somebody will trade up if he slides. Mm-hmm. 
And here, somebody doesn't even wait for the Levis slide to begin. They just, Trevor, it goes back to the point with quarterbacks and the quarterback toll. You only need one team to love you to go in the top five to 10 picks. And that could still happen to Will Levis. You know, it's also a great message for life. You only need one to love you. You only need no. one to love you. And, and you end did. up engaged. Look at us. You end and up then, engaged and, like and, us. Right. And then you, you end up like Connor and you get engaged last weekend. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing in life. It's a beautiful thing in mock drafts. No, look, I, I will read a little bit of, of Mel's blurb for this one in particular. Hopefully it's a little bit of an appetizer for you. But also it gives context to exactly what you were talking about here. Mel specifically mentions with this trade up the Chicago Bears trade when they traded up to go get Mitchell Trubisky and said that it cost them, I believe it was, of course, a pick swap in the first round with number two and number three, but also a third round pick and a fourth round pick of that year and then a third round pick the following year. So Mel basically says he believes it's going to be something like that where it's multiple picks. It's not just going to be Indianapolis can offer one little pick here because he thinks that the bidding war is going to go up, as a lot of people do, for that number three overall selection, especially with number one off the table. They really don't have that bargaining chip like, well, okay, you're asking too much. If you're asking that much, then we're just going to go. All right, I guess my dog wants to get in on the conversation as well. Did not like but that selection. No, he, he didn't. They, they, yeah, My dog wants the Colts to stay there at number four. No, but Chris Ballard, bark, bark, don't move. <laughs> but. That's kind of what he is setting up for this trade is that Ballard, to your exact point, is going to have to get more aggressive than what we have seen him be over the last couple of years if he wants to get this done. And his quote here for Indianapolis and this trade was, quote, Indy, meanwhile, has to do something to get its franchise signal caller. There's no way general manager Chris Ballard likes all four of the top quarterbacks equally. The Colts might have to give up multiple picks to go get their guy, end quote. So that's how we get Will Levis ending up being the number three overall selection to Indianapolis. So it feels like it it just, I agree with you. It feels as though Ballard's going to have to do something a little bit out of his comfort zone to go yep. get a quarterback because he just hasn't been able to over the last couple of off seasons. That's right. And when you look at it, they, he has to operate with a sense of urgency that he never has before. And that's going to be fascinating to watch. Does he sit there and go, I don't see the gap between quarterback three and quarterback four big enough that I need to move. We don't know. We, we don't know. And I don't know the if I with the Colts that. though, I keep going back to, with Stike in there, if he loves what they did with Jalen Hurts in Philly, mm. how are you not? How do you not find it like tantalizing to do that with Anthony Richardson? So that's a good segue there. It, Levis ends up going number three to Indy, so we start this draft quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. So get Bryce Young going number one. I'm not really spoiling anything there. It's basically what we thought was going to happen. Richardson goes number five to the Seattle Seahawks. And you and I brought up Geno Smith's contract last in the last episode when we talked about this very thing. Jeremiah hinted at Seattle maybe being a sleeper team to move up from number five to number three to go get a quarterback. He didn't have them doing that. He, ended up, he had them taking Jalen Carter at number five. But here, Mel has them staying at five and taking Anthony Richardson to be that heir apparent to Geno Smith because the contract gets a lot more flexible after this year. What do you think about this? 
Man, I think number one, he's absolutely onto something, as we discussed, in the sense of they when is Seattle gonna be here again? Right? I, I don't expect anytime soon. When is the quarterback class gonna align with them being in the territory that they can get one? And they have afforded them an infrastructure with their ability to run the ball with Kenneth Walker and their young offensive line, their pass catchers, having a stabilized veteran succeeding at the position that they can take on the big gamble, the guy that needs to marinate. I love this for Anthony Richardson. I love this for Seattle. Why not? I mean, why not? Like this is the split. This is the place where Richardson gets the camp and not a single soul with a brain cell brain cell is asking Pete Carroll, when is the kid going to play? Because Gino's earned that respect. Nobody's like, Oh, you got to like, Gino can afford four bad games before that even becomes a thought in the world. Yeah. So I, I I thought this is great. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think where Anthony Richardson goes is so important for him. And of course, for the team that selects him in a sense that I look at Seattle and Detroit as places mm. where I'm like, yep, that's where he needs to be. And the fact that it happened here at five is a beauty. I think those are ideal scenarios, man. I'd love to hear from the people who are listening to this podcast and watching it on YouTube what you guys think of the Geno Smith, Anthony Richardson one-two combination there in the quarterback room in Seattle. Would this be the pick that you would make? Do you think it potentially sets up an, I don't know, like an ugly situation the way that we have seen with Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers where mm. the guy who was there initially isn't ready to leave, you're ready to move on? Do you guys think that would happen in this in this case or is Aaron Rodgers a special case? Or do you think this is the perfect, this guy, Gino's playing well, but if he starts to decline or when he starts to decline, if you guys are predicting that, then obviously you've got a guy like Anthony Richardson who's then been in the system a year, two years, whatever it is, and you think that's the most comfortable. So I would love to hear from people on this. This was a pick that I really wanted to focus on for us to talk about here because it would certainly shake things up, man. It certainly make the Seattle Seahawks very exciting, not just next year, but in the years that follow, knowing that he would be the guy waiting in the wings, if you will. Mel also, we don't have to go too far. We'll stick at number six overall. And I just wanted to point this out. He's got Jalen Carter going number six overall. And we, we mentioned this point in DJ's mock in the episode yesterday. DJ had Jalen Carter going five overall. Mel's got Jalen. Did I say that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. DJ has Jalen Carter going five overall. I'm saying a lot of names here. Mel has Jalen Carter going six. Neither of them have him getting out of the top six. And just like we had talked about on last episode, if one of these guys or both of these guys would have had Jalen around the top 10, outside of the top 10, that would have been a big alarm to say, okay, they're talking to somebody and they're not hearing good things. But the fact that he is still in the top six at least tells us right now that the dream some of these fan bases have of getting him at or outside the top 10 as of right now does not look promising. That does not look like it's going to happen. It feels like he's going to still stay within it that top one. eight. Yeah, yeah it, it just takes one. I, I do wonder, though, about this one. I, I look at Detroit and just think they're a team right now that really cares about who they bring in, I think. I, I really do. And maybe they're comfortable by the time we get to the draft with Jalen Carter. But mm -hmm. I think it means a lot to Dan Campbell compared to other coaches that 
it's interesting, right? Because there's the side of it where it's like Jalen Carter is perfect for the Lions. They have some edge pass rush. They've added corners. They have a potent offense. Like he is the game wrecking interior presence that they need. That maybe this is where they cross that line and go, we're going to take the swing because it's worth it because it's it's the perfect player for us. But there's a side of me too that looks at Dan Campbell and Dan Campbell's like, if you just breathe commitment and football to this organization, like we will go to war with you mm-hmm. every waking hour of every day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the question teams have with Jalen Carter. And he's going to have to pass that test for that organization to take that kind of swing. So in the same sort of light, I did want to touch on Nolan Smith as well, because we pointed this out. DJ had Nolan Smith going 13 to the Jets. Kuyper's got Nolan Smith going 12 to the Houston Texans. So that's now two back-to-back mock drafts that we've seen from guys that are pretty plugged in that have Nolan Smith as a top 15 pick. Now, outside of the fit to the Houston Texans and to the New York Jets, to me, this feels like the new range for Nolan Smith. I think yeah. that his range is anywhere from, if I want to be honest with you, six is where it starts. Yep. I would say six to how far would it be? I don't even fifteen. Don't, you think fifteen? I would think Green Bay would prefer to play bigger edges, so maybe I agree. not. I agree. I was gonna. I was honestly gonna say Detroit. 18. Detroit, Detroit's the, the, the bumpers here. 18. I feel like yeah. six, 6 to 18 is, is what we're talking about here for Nolan Smith. I agree. I look at him and think, yeah, Houston makes a lot of sense. We know Jeremiah had him going to the Jets. I think he's the kind of player New England would love, but New England has other needs. I mean, why not Chicago at 9? Why not Atlanta at 8? Mm, Atlanta, it's... dude, I, I think... Yeah, you like that I'm, one. I'm circling Atlanta for Nolan Smith, man. I think yeah. he is. I think he's well within the range of of them selecting him at number eight. I really do. I really think yeah. that. Look, we we did talk about Will Levis going 19 in DJ's mock, and we when we had that conversation, we kind of got to the point where we went, okay, this feels like the better range for Levis. Like this feels like the more comfortable spot, probably where he should go. I feel the same way about Tyree Wilson in Mel's mock. He has him okay. going 11 to the Titans. The, I, I'm obviously the draft class determines how high you go, but yeah. I just feel as though Tyree Wilson going in the top 10 is just you are really projecting that he is going to be consistently a lot better than what he was at the college level. He was a fifth year guy and he really I really didn't break out, I think, until this past season. So I like him here is what I'm saying. If the Titans had a chance to take him at number 11, this is a spot where I'm a lot more comfortable with him. That's my thoughts there. I wanted to get your thoughts as well. I agree. Absolutely. Like I'm pulling up my rankings right now. So you I just, Tyree, you just you just think he's going a lot higher. I do. I yeah. struggle with this. I have him tenth overall. So I align with this. Okay. I don't see him making it out of that seven to nine portal. I just don't. Vegas could use him. Atlanta could use him. Chicago could use him. And that's if he made it by Oh man, this is tricky. Yeah, that's the spot. That's the spot. I don't see it, but it's a good idea to keep in mind if 
Mel leaned on the side, very opposite than Jeremiah, by the way, that the O-line are going to go. He had Paris and Skaronsky going in the top 10. Jeremiah had the tackles like falling. He had Broderick and and, uh, Paris falling outside, what, the top 15? Uh, I I mean, Paris went 15, but then, yeah, Broderick was later. Yeah. So that that's the like who's going to be right in there and how does that impacts Tyree well I think I think Mel's also a little bit higher in the corner class you know the corners went a lot higher in this mock draft as well which I I think I align more towards Mel's thinking where the offensive tackles and the corners are going to go a little bit higher in this draft um than what DJ was predicting but where you where, where do your eyes go next? I, I kind of brought up a couple of there. Any other big surprises that, that you had from this list? I mean, we have to go to Forbes at 16, right? Emmanuel Forbes goes to Washington at 16 ahead of Deontay Banks. Mel. Mel. I, I mean, to put it in perspective, and My obviously man. DJ and Mel have now had Forbes at various times in the first round. In the first round. Yeah. I don't I have Forbes as the 51st overall player in this draft. So, and and here's the thing for me, Trevor, and I won't like answer the question. I'll just ask the question and Mm -hmm. the audience can figure this out themselves. How many corners in the 160 pound zero, 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 right? Zero. I don't, I don't know what the the end of your question was going to be, but the answer is zero. (laughs) It was going to be going the first round, but I I'd say go in the first three rounds. Let's look Emmanuel Forbes. Emmanuel Forbes on mock draftable. Uh, there's only like five corners that weighed in in the 160s. 166. Six. He is in the zeroth percentile. Yeah. Marvin Love in 1999 was 164. When was this? 1999. Oh, man. How about Hamp Cheevers? <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like somebody that plays football in a leather helmet. Dude, it's an unreal name. Hamp Cheevers. Hamp Cheevers is one of the greatest football (laughs) names that we have. Unbelievable, And all these guys are 5'9". Forbes is 6'1". It's weird. I I don't know. It's a little weird. To steal Carter Donick's bit, Hamp Cheevers sounds like it could take down... Virginia as a 16 to one seed in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> Ham Cheevers from no Ham Cheevers of Iowa. Ham Cheevers. Ham Cheevers sounds like the name of the 14 seed, but he's just he's the two guard of a 14 seed, and yep. he's dropping like 43 in the first round game. He's pulling up from the parking lot over and over <laughs> again. He won't stop. <laughs> oh man, I, I need look, to I need to get to the bottom of this. Hamp Anthony Timon Cheevers. No way. Yeah, that's his full name according to Wikipedia. He's got a beefy Wikipedia for a guy that really didn't play in the NFL that long. Hamp Anthony. Hamp Anthony. Hamp Anthony Timon. He's got four names. Dude, I'm buying, I'm buying his jersey. Who did he play? He played for the Titans. Boston College and then the Titans, Falcons, Raiders practice squads. Okay, if anything, I'd probably get a Raiders jersey, but Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I feel like I feel like we would need to. Oh, he's from Gainesville, Florida? Yeah, you guys have probably run into each other, to be honest with you. That's true. Yeah, I've probably seen him at the local Chipotle. That probably, yeah, probably happened. 
Probably Ham Cheevers. Ham Cheevers. There we go. Okay. Anyways, getting back to Emmanuel Forbes. <laughs> I can't. I can't do. I can't do Forbes the first round, man. I can't do it. No, no, no. You shouldn't. Or, you don't take outliers like this. Look, a, a lot of people. Point, a lot of people point to the interceptions. They point to the takeaways. Think he had an SEC record six interceptions this year? Yeah. Watch them though. Like three of them are tipped. Two of them are legit. Yeah. If, if, if you want to stretch it, so here's what I'll say. Three of them are complete luck. They're the wide receiver either dropping the pass and it goes straight into his lap, or it's the quarterback making an abysmal throw. Shout out whoever was throwing the ball at Texas A&M. The pick six on, on Levis against Kentucky, great play. Phenomenal play. Won't take it away from him. Elite recognition, it, breaks absolutely. on the ball. Fantastic. Absolutely. Top tier play. One of the best plays that you can make as a corner. The other two interceptions, the Arizona one at the beginning of the year, horrific underthrow. And then I can't remember which game it was, but there was a throw. I think it was the Arkansas game. Yeah, yeah, it was the Arkansas game. They're throwing it in the end zone. And it's, again, a horrible overthrow in which he is beat in coverage. He is beat in coverage both of those times where throws were so bad, he's sitting where the ball goes because he is trailing in coverage. So I don't say this to be like, I'm not trying to be super mean on Emmanuel Forbes, but it's being honest. He is unprecedentedly small he's gonna it like like you've said they will throw to his side of the field and be like defend the run go tackle somebody right they will they will run the ball his direction to be like okay yeah go tackle so he's gonna be a liability in run defense because he just does not have the strength he just does not have the weight for the pro level and a lot of the reasons why you would boast him as a potential top 50 pick is because of the takeaways a lot of takeaways were luck now, i'm not saying that that doesn't mean the guy can't play but for me, you're taking Forbes over a player like Deontay Banks. I cannot get there, man. Cannot get there. So it's, there's no process involved you, in that. You knew you knew we had to talk about that one. But yeah, look, no process. There. No matter no matter what we think, it might happen. That's why we that's why we talk about these mock draft exercises with these guys that are really plugged in because it might happen. Hey, man, Tutu Atwell went in the second round. Okay, Tutu Atwell did in fact go in the second round. Anything could happen. Anything. Was that the Malibu house year for the Rams? I think it was. 2021, although that would have been still about a year after COVID began, so I don't know. Rams Rams Malibu draft house. I, I, I thought the Malibu house was... 2021! Wow. How drunk were the Rams? That's why I ask. You don't go to Malibu to sit there and read books. You can. You can. You can read a book <laughs> in Malibu when you're painfully hungover. I don't know. Sketchy. It was tough. No, it's tough. No doubt about it. It's tough. Tough one. Um, we don't talk about it enough. What? Again, this no- show is just so far gone. Where Dude, are we going next? Again, no Brian Branch in the first round. Is Brian Branch officially out of the first round? And nobody told us. Sad, man. Him and so Keely, here's the problem with Branch, right, Trevor? It's kind of hard to find a round one home for him. If you don't, Giants it, fans, Giants fans messaged us after our mock on Monday, wanting okay. multiple. I got, I got a lot of people who who DM'd us about this and commented on on the show page. They wanted Branch at twenty five instead of John Michael Schmitz. I get it. I mean, I have so, Branch ranked higher than him. So, maybe. 
you know? Yeah, maybe. Could maybe. be a spot. The, oh, the Jag, Jags fans also. Jags fans also. Uh, I, I like think that. I, I took Kincaid for them. And I had a couple of Jags fans who were like, dude, Brian Branch was there. It had to be Brian Branch. And I was like, I like fair. that. Fair. I like that. Fair. So those are when two. When the fans are right, you, they're right. Yeah, you got to give it to them. Um, Dallas Cowboys in Mel's mock going out of Tamibo Adebuare. So we're getting him in the first round. I think that's the highest I've seen him in a mock draft format. I've seen him I to Philly at 30, the Chiefs at 31. But I don't think I've seen him any higher than that. I think him I going agree. 26 is about as high as I've seen him go. The great athlete, great size. I, it's interesting to me. Like They have Sam Williams, right? Who I get is different. He is different. Mm-hmm. Sam Williams is a pass rush specialist. I don't, I don't know about that pick. It's not a bad pick. I just think Dallas can go elsewhere, mm-hmm. ultimately. So I'm more intrigued... Uh, I don't, this goes back to our Cansey conversation. Who's willing to play Kalijah Cansey on their front? Well, Mel's very, if anything, he's consistent. He had Cansey going, he had Cansey going 10th overall to the Philadelphia Eagles, like whatever it was a month and a half ago. And now he has Cansey going 30th to the Philadelphia Eagles. He just really wants Kalijah Cansey next to Jordan Davis. And I'm not going to lie. I don't yep. blame him. It's a great combination. I love the idea. Mel has been so wildly consistent with that pick. It doesn't matter where. He's had it at 10. He's had it at 30. He now has it at 30. So the Giants say Jordan Addison in this one. Mm -hmm. That's been pretty chalk for a while. That's. I just, I I don't, I, I like Addison, but think of, I'm going to pull up their depth chart right now. No, I know. It's small wide receiver after How small wide receiver. Yeah, there's, there's just no difference, especially they signed no, Paris right. Campbell. It's Wondell Robinson. It's Isaiah Hodgins. It's Paris Campbell. It's Darius Slayton. It's Sterling Shepard, right? And That's, that's the guys that are going to play. Now, if you draft Jordan Addison, I, I'm not even saying there's not a reality where he's the best of even those guys that I name. But if he's not head and shoulders above those players, which are already proven pros, then instead you just got another receiver who's the same as what you already have. So that's my only, that was my only pushback to the Addison selection. I like Addison as a receiver, but he's just a lot of what the giants already have. So that makes the investment a little more tricky. If you ask me, I agree. If I'm the giants, I'd rather get Cedric Tillman on day two. That's my thoughts, which doesn't surprise anybody. Your boy having that take. I don't Uh, really have a lot on this one after that. No. Brian Brzee back in round one wouldn't shock me. A team's going to go, you know, does he have round one tape? No. Yeah. But a team could talk themselves into it because of the scenario, the situation at hand. He went to the Saints 29, by the way, for Mm -hmm. those at home. That's it. I mean, this was a pretty chalky mock draft. I just, I, I like, I, I think a lot of the fits are, you know. That's, yeah, they're good. You can make sense with a lot of them. The guy's done this for a couple of years. He knows what he's doing. He doesn't yeah. know what he's doing. We had Felix on a DK Uzama to the Kansas City Chiefs at, at 31, which it feels like, you know, going back to last episode, we talked about it. For the Chiefs, it's basically either Felix or Will McDonald, who, whoever's on the board. Right? It's just, just immediate loss. You, you just take one. You just take one. And yeah. if they're both gone, you take BJ Ojolari. You just keep doing it. You just keep doing it. 
they're a very easy team to draft for in that spot, which means they will take something that nobody expected. It's tried. It's a tried. Mere gifts. System. Welcome. Step on down. There. Wow. Wow. No, they won't do that again. I don't know. Don't put it past them. You gotta get Hendon Hooker. No Hendon Hooker in this. I didn't think that we were going to see Hendon Hooker in there, but I am very curious if we see Hendon Hooker at all from some of the more, I'll say like big outlet guys. Yeah. Because I don't think draft media is not going to be in on it. Like draft media is not going to start putting Hendon Hooker anywhere near the first round, unless it becomes a, this is a bad example, but like a Trayvon Walker situation where whatever you thought of Trayvon Walker as a prospect, if you, if you did a mock draft where it was in April, if you did a mock draft where you didn't have Trayvon Walker in the top five, it was wrong. Like, Whatever, yeah. whatever you thought of him, if you were going to be stubborn about it and not put him in the top five, the mock draft was wrong, if, especially if it was a predictive mock. So that I'm curious if we get there with some of the higher up draft draft media people, if they all kind of start putting head and hooker first round, late first round, whatever it is, then we might get the whispers of like, hey, this is happening. You might as well find a home for him. So I'm curious yeah. to see. We didn't get it in this month. Mel didn't do it, but... I'm curious if it uh, becomes a trend moving forward. Right. DJ is the, the starter of that. He kind of lit the match. Um, I will say Sims recently did his quarterback rankings. He had Hendon Hooker as his QB three. Don't mess this Maybe? up. He's your, he's your coworker now. Don't mess this yeah, up. Yeah, I don't want to mess this up. But either way, like that's another <laughs> one where it's like, okay, now we're seeing a little bit. Yeah, QB three. So there's a little bit of a trend building now where Hooker's building up steam. Um, yeah. So right. it's we'll see where it goes for him, but he could easily go in the first round. Something to note. Obviously, we didn't list off all of the player team pairings there. You can see them all over ESPN.com. And if you get yourself an ESPN Plus subscription, not only can you read Mel's stuff, but you can also read Tom McShay's stuff and Jordan Reed's stuff as well. So um, make sure that you are subscribed to all of the written content that those guys have over there get yourself an espn plus subscription let us know what you thought about the picks that we talked about here in this mock draft if you have a espn plus subscription and you've read all of mel kuyper's mock draft you can give us some um of your thoughts for the picks that we didn't even mention here on this show youtube.com backslash at nfl stock exchange is the way that you could find it getting in on the youtube comments is a great way to just get in on the conversation in the community we're reading all the comments and responding to all of them that we possibly can so if you're audio only you can hit us up at Tampa Bay Trey at Connor J Rogers on Twitter and Instagram. It's the best way to get in contact with us if you're not YouTube people. But like we've said, if you do have a YouTube account, even if you're not big on it, if you go to the show channel, subscribe to it, like the videos, we would be forever indebted to you. And we would love you guys for that. So uh, appreciate you rocking with us this week. This is fun, man. We had three straight mock draft episodes and Connor, as we tell the people about some of our plans, the mock draft madness is not going to stop. So something that we are doing this year, which we are very, very excited about is since we launched our own YouTube channel, we wanted to get other big time draft media people in on the fun. So starting next Monday, we are going to start a collaboration mock draft series. Y'all have heard Connor and I do our own mock drafts for way too long now. 
So we're going to get some new voices in there. It's going to start with the bootleg football boys, Brett Coleman and EJ. They do a fantastic job covering the draft over at the bootleg football channel. And we're going to have them on. We're going to go dueling mock drafts here. Connor and I are going to be on one team. They're going to be on another. And we're going to go through a brand new first round mock draft going back and forth for the picks. I think it's going to lead to a lot of really fun conversations. And we're going to do things like that every single Monday leading yep. up to the draft. Connor, I am so much looking forward to it, man. Me too. It's going to be awesome. Great to have uh, our first guest in the book. The way the format's unreal. Like the fact that you and I finally get to team up and work together to make picks um, and work with other real humans to make trades <laughs> that like it's it's just different voices in the room. I think that's the goal is that how do you spice up the mock drafts where you're just opening that door of different scenarios and you know, some guys might be more willing to trade than others. It's that's how the NFL works. So I think it's awesome, man. I, I think it's it's going to be great for us. And it leaves the door open for us later in the week to get back to rankings and those kinds of shows as well. We still have to do yep. the quarterbacks ourselves. Yeah. Um, so th that's the nice thing about it is we will always have a mock with different guests to start off the week. And then we leave the door open for what the show looks like, what the channel looks like at the end of the week. Yep. Yep. We're uh, like we're going to get. We're going to get back to the rankings, though. We, we're for sure going to do, do that because from now until draft weekend, we've got to give you our final quarterback rankings, our wide receiver rankings, our edge rankings, the you know, offensive line. We're going to give you our final rankings. And so those episodes are coming back. We know how much you guys have loved those. Although we have our schedule kind of set right now, it's not totally set in stone. So if there's somebody, if there is a personality that you love listening to for the draft, let us know who you'd love to have on the collab mock series. So if it's somebody that a lot of you guys love, we'll try to yeah. reach out to them if we know them to be able to get them on the show. This next month and a half, it's all about the most fun that we could possibly have, man. It's the best time of the year as we are kind of getting down to the home stretch. But that's what we got cooking for you guys. Appreciate you rocking with us the entire time and for this episode this week in particular. I'm excited about what we got moving forward. Hopefully you guys use our, you guys are too. I'm Trevor Sikma. That is Connor Rogers. Thank you all so much for listening to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. We'll see you next time.